Welcome to the Bread of Life Catholic Bible Study. The Paraclete, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will instruct you in everything and remind you of all that I have told you. John 14, 26. Let us begin with prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, I cannot understand your word without your grace. I acknowledge my weakness so your power can reach perfection in me. Send your Holy Spirit to remind, teach, and guide me to the truth. And may I share as soon as possible whatever you teach me. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Amen. This is the fifth Sunday of Lent. The gospel is John 8, 1 to 11. Jesus went off to the Mount of Olives. At daybreak, he reappeared in the temple area. And when the people started coming to him, he sat down and began to teach them. The scribes and the Pharisees led a woman forward who had been caught in adultery. They made her stand there in front of everyone. Teacher, they said to him, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses ordered such women to be stoned. What do you have to say about the case? They were posing this question to trap him so that they could have something to accuse him of. Jesus bent down and started tracing on the ground with his finger. When they persisted in their questioning, he straightened up and said to them, let the man among you who has no sin be the first to cast a stone at her. A second time he bent down and wrote on the ground. Then the audience drifted away one by one, beginning with the elders. This left him alone with the woman who continued to stand there before him. Jesus finally straightened up and said to her, Woman, where did they all disappear to? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she answered. Jesus said, nor do I condemn you. You may go, but from now on, avoid this sin. The Gospel of the Lord. The questions. Where was Jesus and what did he do when the people started coming to him? He was in the temple area and he sat down and began to teach them. What two groups of men were there, the scribes and Pharisees? Who did they bring in? A woman who had been caught in adultery. And what did they make her do? Stand there in front of everyone. How did they address Jesus and what did they say to him? Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. According to the law, if a woman is married and is caught in adultery, what will happen to both man and woman? Leviticus 20.10 says, If a man commits adultery with his neighbor's wife, both the adulterer and the adulteress shall be put to death. And Deuteronomy 22.22-24 22, says, If a man is discovered having relations with a woman who is married to another, both the man and the woman with whom he has had relations, shall die. Thus shall you purge the evil from your midst. 
If within the city a man comes upon a maiden who is betrothed and has relations with her, you shall bring them both out to the gate of the city and there stone them to death. The girl, because she did not cry out for help, though she was in the city, and the man, because he violated his neighbor's wife. Thus shall you purge the evil from your midst. Why did they question Jesus about the adulterer, and what did Jesus do when they questioned him about her? They tra to trap him and have something to accuse him of. And Jesus bent down and started tracing on the ground with his finger. When they persisted in their questioning, what did he say to them? Let the man among you who has no sin be the first to cast a stone at her. How can you avoid judgment? And what must you do to see clearly? Matthew 7, 1 to 5 says, if you want to avoid judgment, stop passing judgment. Your verdict on others will be the verdict passed on you. The measure with which you measure will be used to measure you. Why look at the speck in your brother's eye when you miss the plank in your own? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, while all the time the plank remains in your own? You hypocrite, remove the plank from your own eye first. Then you will see clearly to take the speck from your brother's eye. Who are the sinners among us? Romans 3.23. All men have sinned and are deprived of the glory of God. What did Jesus do a second time? What happened to the audience and in what succession? He bent down and wrote on the ground, and they drifted away one by one, beginning with the elders. That reminds me of the scripture, God sees the heart. We look at appearance. A personal question, by whom are you being led? Deacon Ken wrote, Jesus, and are you obedient to what your leaders in government tell you? He said, yes. Are you obedient to what your church leaders tell you? He said, yes, again. Has there been a time when Jesus's word has been put in conflict to what government or church has stated? And he put, government approves abortion. Our faith rejects it. How have you responded to that conflict? He says, faith, discipline, joy, and love. And I answered that, well, I'm being led by the Holy Spirit. And I just answered, yes, 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 to those three questions. But the last one, how have you responded to that conflict? by speaking what God's word says about it, abiding by it, and humbly submitting to his word. What did Jesus say to the woman after they were alone? Woman, where did they all disappear to? Has no one condemned you? What was her response? No one, sir, she answered. And then what did he say? Nor do I condemn you. You may go, but from now on, Avoid this sin. And what does God take pleasure? Ezekiel 33, 11. As I live, says the Lord God, I swear I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked man, but rather in the wicked man's conversion that he may live. 
turn, turn from your evil ways. Why should you die, O house of Israel? A personal question. How can you bring pleasure to the Lord today and take time to examine your conscience and attend the sacrament of reconciliation this week? Deacon can answer that by stop judging others, stop being critical of others, and speak only good reports on other people. In another book, he said, by seeing the Jesus in people instead of seeing the devil in them, I'm trying to learn how to read the heart, not just the appearance, by not being judgmental towards someone else. Forgive those who have hurt me. And I answer this question, how can you bring pleasure to the Lord today? By confessing and admitting my sins and my need for his help to stop judging others. I have been writing down the times I criticize or judge people. It has been helpful because I am aware that the Holy Spirit is the one dwelling in me and is sanctifying me to become holy. I know immediately when I am judging or criticizing someone, and I believe it is the Holy Spirit convicting me. I always say, I'm sorry, Lord. Thank you for pointing that out to me. I was able to attend the Sacrament of Reconciliation today. What a release to confess to a person and get the grace from the sacrament not to keep doing the same thing over and over. At one time, I didn't see myself judging or criticizing. And I think it was because I wasn't openly doing it, but I was criticizing and judging in my mind. I love what St. Paul says in Romans 7.20, but if I do what is against my will, it is not I who do it, but sin which dwells in me. Our psalm this Sunday is Psalm 126, 1-6. When the Lord brought back the captives of Zion, we were like men dreaming. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with rejoicing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad indeed. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the torrents in the southern desert. Those that sow in tears shall reap rejoicing. Although they go forth weeping, carrying the seed to be sown, they shall come back rejoicing, carrying their sheaves. What is the Lord saying to you personally through the psalm, and how can you apply this to your life? Deacon Kent, those who sow in tears will reap with cries of joy by sacrificing for others and speaking only that which is good of others. He also says that no matter how bad the situation seems, he will not abandon you. How he applies it to his life, he says, when I feel that I cannot go on any longer or that I just can't do, then he comes and tells me that he can't. I am turning more over to him, and my trust is growing very strong. I answered that psalm as I sow the seed of God's word in my heart and repent of wrongdoing. God will take away the sorrow and put joy in my heart. My application, rejoice in the Lord and thank him for revealing his truth to me. Commentary. In the eyes of the Jewish law, adultery was a very serious crime, punishable by death. The scribes and the Pharisees were out to get something on Jesus and discredit him. A scribe was an educated man, an intellectual, 
maybe a lawyer or even a scholar. They were teachers of the law. Many were chosen to be rabbis. A Pharisee was a leader who practiced the observance of the law to its maximum degree. The Pharisees were more concerned with keeping the external tenets of the law than what was in your heart. The leaders insisted that Jesus give a decisive decision on what to do with the, this adulteress. They were hoping to trap him. Jesus turned the tables on them by saying, let the man that is without sin cast the first stone. The elders were the first to leave and the rest followed. Today, as in the days of Christ, people still follow the lead of influential people in the community, even if they are uninformed. Jesus asked her where did her tormentors go and who is there to condemn her? Jesus told her that he does not condemn her either and to go and sin no more. In Jesus, there is the gospel of the second chance. He didn't say that what she had done did not matter. Broken laws and broken hearts always matter, but he was interested in her future more than in her past. The Pharisees and scribes wished to condemn. Jesus wished to forgive. They knew the thrill of exercising power to condemn. Jesus knew the thrill of exercising the power to forgive. Jesus confronted the woman with the challenge to go out and reach for a life that does not involve sin. He called her to go out and fight, to change her life completely. Jesus showed his belief in her as a person. He did not say, lady, you are a loser. He said, go and sin no more. His method is not to blast people with the knowledge which they already knew, that they were miserable sinners, but to inspire them to become living saints. Jesus also gives a warning, unspoken but implied. She has a choice either to go back to her old life and end up in destruction or to reach out to the new way with him. Jesus tells the man who he had just healed in the pool to stop sinning or something worse may happen to him. John 5, 14. He clearly warns all of us that sin leads only to destruction. He offers to all of us the second chance, the gift of forgiveness, the application. The first reading shows us that to look back is not of the Lord. The second reading reveals that only in Christ can true freedom be experienced. The gospel tells us that Jesus forgives us. He does not condemn us. This week, let your family and your community see and experience you as a person who seeks justice and extends mercy and forgiveness. A person who can forgive and forget is a person who is really free. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord. For this lesson today. Thank you for your forgiving love, Lord. We praise you and love you. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.